Hey guys, we're now live with another episode of Wrapped Out Radio. It's your host, DJ Tati. It's DJ Tati Mia. What the f- you talking about? We have in the building. DJ who? What's up? How you doing? So, tell all the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, my name is DJ Who, a.k.a. Who Fondue, a.k.a. Who Reduce. Uh, born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, I've been spinning for about 10 plus years. Whoa. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. How did you get into it? Um, it's funny how life is. Um, when I first, um, I guess when I think about it, my first musical, like, uh, I guess introduction was like in school. I was always in choir, and then um, in high school, I was in the musicals, and I played the violin for 10 years. But I never thought it would be well, like... Well, you played the violin? Yeah, I played the violin in second grade. I wanted to play it so bad, but I can't turn my left wrist. Okay. <laughs> I'm so jealous. And here you are, spinning like this. Yes. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, I just never thought it would be anything crazy, but to make a long story short, um, I was in college, uh, and no, I was leaving high school to go to college, and I had an internship, and um, I was downtown, and the guy had Serato and stuff to fill out, and um, fell in love, and I blew my internship check all on a pair of turntables. It was lit. Yeah, it was lit until I got home. <laughs> my father wanted to lit my ass up. Like, oh, you didn't tell him you oh, were doing Oh, hell no, he was pissed, pissed. Is he not Damn. so pissed now, though, right? Uh, no, he, he's not so pissed now, but it's funny because... Um, it's funny when you get to a point, um, there's nothing, and I'm going to tell you this for everyone who's listening right now, there's no better feeling than knowing that you were supposed to do something and for people to deny you and for you to accomplish right. those things. And then those same people try to come back and say, like, yeah, I was there from the start, and then you just give them that look. You never, I didn't, didn't see you there. there. No, you, you <laughs> was never there. You, you yell at them. I no say that a lot to my friends. Like, people will say I'm proud of you, but then they don't support you. Yeah, so it's like, I don't get it. Yeah, what are you proud of? <laughs> when the lights come on, like, I'm gearing up and everything. Because I'm, I'm a... Firm believer in supporting those and peers around you. So it's like if you, I, mean, I don't play that. Mm-hmm. I'm very supportive of everybody. Do you remember your first gig? Uh, yes, my first gig was actually funny. Um, my aunt, God rest her soul, she got me a uh, gig at. Um, oh no, actually that was the second one. I did two. My two first ones were crazy. My uh, best friend, his mom hired me to do a barbecue, mm-hmm. and I had to borrow my mom's laptop because I had a PC. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, anyway, so. Um, uh, I went and did the gig for them, and it was all old school. And I remember, like, sitting there, and I borrowed. My dad had two Bose speakers and hooking it up, and, um, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, did you uh, kill it? Uh, I wouldn't say I killed it. I played the songs. But for, at that time, it was about building your library. Like, I right. didn't have, I, like, okay, just to be very, like, um, straightforward with you guys, like, I was given nothing. Right. Like, there was no one showed me how to, no one showed me how to drop a Same. record. No one showed me how to beat count. No one gave me any piece of music. People really don't realize that it's not just playing music. And I used to get offended when people used to tell me that I wasn't a real DJ because I didn't have turntables. But I'm like, it's so much that goes into it. Like, I have to download hours of songs. I have to know when to play it, when to cue it, beat matching. I'm like, I understand, like, okay, I don't have the setup. But, like, I'm not just out here just plussing next. Like, you have to really think shit through. Like, And um, that's, that's, like, a big thing right now, too. Because one thing I don't really appreciate is how, even though, like, I'm a turntablist, I don't look down on anyone for using where the hell they want to use the DJ. If you want to use controllers, that's cool. My thing is, like, don't get mad if I'm making faces if the shit is not tight. Transitional-wise. You said making faces? Yeah, no, yeah I, I mean, I'm be honest with you. Like, no matter where I'm at, whatever it is, I'm always going to have, like, that, like, face. Because I'm a DJ, and I can tell when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I can tell when you're not doing your own levels because I've been out and seen celebrity DJs. Right. And I've walked up to the, the, the ghost DJ and it's afterwards. A and no, 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 not even a mix. The like, like when you have someone behind you or someone like under I've the table, that. like no, touching I've your levels, that. like that's not a game. And then you DJ, you know that's like the biggest insult because that's the first thing you learn is levels. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so 
I'm not here to judge anyone for using whatever you want to use, but like, don't try to fool people because it's only a matter of time right. before someone. Yeah, also, like I said, like I've been to clubs and I'm like, wait, you're playing a mix song right yeah. now? I thought that you were blending it yourself, no. but it's a mix. Yeah, you can always tell by the, when the hands don't match the music, mm-hmm. that's when it's like, I start making faces because it's like, you're not going to fool me. How early into your career was it till you started getting consistent gigs? Oh, um, I was actually very lucky that um, after I bought my turntables, I um, I was catering for 10 years. And during one of the um, the gigs we had, I talked to one of the guys that was doing the bar mitzvah stuff. So turns out the guy owned the company. He was like, listen, I won't pay anything. He told me straight up from the rip, he's like, I won't pay anything, but I will teach you how to DJ. Mm-hmm. But they were using CDs. Oh, my God. And he, yeah, this is the CD era that like I was in at, at the time. And I told him like they had this thing called Serato, but he at the time, they didn't trust Serato. Right. They had these CDs for 10-plus years, you know what I mean? So... I was told like nah, and like plus I always I knew I was supposed to use turntables, like, mm-hmm. not anything else. That, that, that's just my preference at the time, and um, I learned very basic things. Well, but the biggest thing I learned is what happens behind the scenes. Like he wouldn't let me touch a mixer until I knew how to set it up. How do you like set it up yourself? XLR is the name of the chords, name of the plugins, um, and just like that basis right there has brought me. I think maybe almost. As far as him, he was the first person to teach me like a four count, mm-hmm. and then you know, keep in mind we're on CDs, so it's like there was no like screen watching, right. so you had to learn by. But you ear. had to wa- yeah. yeah, you had to, there, there's nothing the to little, watch. The little, the little thing, you know, the cute, the um, mm-hmm. the tape that's on there. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it wasn't like nah. now when you could be like, oh, cute. No, yeah, there, there, there was no bouncing dot like they have on, on yeah. the Nexuses now, because you know, I mean, back then it was this is like what Pioneer eight hundreds, mm-hmm. and so just like you know, it made you you know just um all around that was the biggest thing for me that I was blessed to learn. That's lit. Why do you think that EDM DJs make more money than hip-hop DJs? Oh, okay. So the, what I've learned in, in 10 Plus of watching the game is that half of those EDM DJs, half of them are either the producers of the remixes. Of the which songs you, they're which playing, you have yeah. to give them tracks for. Like, th- there's no denying. Like, right, like Steve like, and like, stuff. Steve, Steve, well, I mean, Dave, I mean, Grover Calvin was the, yeah. was the guy, like, from the rip. Goetta sort of crossed, you know, right. with, with Cuddy, like, having that hip-hop mix, knowing that was possible. That was a big deal at the same time. But Calvin from the rip was, like, just, like, producing these songs and there's... Hard to deny someone or not or so call, call, uh, call someone fake when they produce the tracks right. and the mixing is, is, is you know absolutely decent. So yeah. people like that is what made me wanted to be a DJ because mm-hmm. I used to watch the MTV in the morning like mm-hmm. the EDM and I used to be like wow like this energy to like yeah. to be in control and make everyone happy like yeah. this at one time with your music I was like I want to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like it and um, playing for crowds and stuff like that. Um, it's interesting to see how things have more evolved because what I start seeing now is. It's been more or less on them, um, on the producers be- being the DJs, and now it's been more into like I've seen the gimmicks become people. A lot of people are famous because I'm over here like watching like all oh, these people gonna say that. Like I do research and see what they're about, and it's like oh, it's because he does this every show or he has chicks do this every show. That's mm-hmm. the draw for him. You know, it's like a marketing. Yeah, it's like a marketing thing. So it's kind of like for me to come from using what I'm well, f- come from using turntables and you know learning how to do that and the difficulties versus like seeing them and you know it was right it was it's kind of hard for me to see that stuff but like <laughs> i said you, i'll knock anyone's hustle would you ever try to dabble into edm or oh, like yeah, that? that's where i started from so that's what i always wanted to do and it's crazy that like um i started doing clubs because i was doing private stuff for most mm-hmm. of the, the 10 years because the money was good and i really didn't have any complaints because i got to do a um, different array of music and that's the one thing i realized i was starting to get bored of is that um, when i first started i told the guys like yo i want to be um Hip hop DJ, I just want to do the whole hip hop party. He said, mm-hmm. "Listen, you want to get this money? You better start partying, spend this party rock stuff, and then <laughs> party my, rock stuff." Facts, facts. I mean, that was the, that was like the, the time, like everything yeah. was one thirty two, and you could have a party going from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's different now, but 
you know, it made me realize, I'm like, holy, I'm like, oh, this is like, oh, this is really house stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that house had these all subgenres right. that I could, you know, you can really pick and choose what lane you want to go into. And it was international. It's like, you yeah, know, you could tour the world yeah, if you do I mean, house it's music. It's like soccer. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like soccer here and soccer overseas. Like, it's like two different, you know, two different, totally different worlds. What DJs um, right now, like, impress you that you, lo- like, look up to that you, like, you know, oh, like, I could learn something from Carl it. Cox. Mm-hmm. Carl Cox, because I never saw, like, a black guy do that. And he looked like me. Yeah. That was a I big deal. That. that was a big deal for me. Because all these other DJs I saw, and they were getting paid all this money. I'm like, no, there's, there's, there's some ethnicity, but at the same time, it was like, Carl was like this guy, mm-hmm. and he's from the UK, and you know he looked like me. And right. Sometimes it means like those are the biggest things that mean a lot of stuff to me. It's like people who look like you. I say Carl Cox. Um, of course, uh, Jazzy Jeff, um, DJ uh, TTL, because he had the tutorials on YouTube, mm-hmm. and that's how I really learned who's the best guy to really um, learn from. Because so those are a couple of guys I looked up to. What advice do you have for an upcoming DJ? Oh man. I guess the biggest advice I would give to um, DJs that like, I'm sorry, every year, <laughs> every year should be um, a progression. If you love your craft and you love what you do, there should be no way, there should no be should no reason why you should be the same level you are that you were a year ago or something because mm-hmm. it's all learning practice. And yeah, always be open to learn. Always be so. open to learn and don't get stuck in a box. And that's why I say I was very um, blessed to have a situation where I was working with entertainment companies that mm-hmm. I was able to be exposed to different things and to realize that like, oh, I like this stuff. And even now, these days, like certain pop songs, like, I find myself like that. Like this is like this right. is like, shit, and people are like, how the fuck do you know? So I'm like, I don't know, but like, you know, I'm, I'm a Kesha fan. So right. I told Tony one that, but I like Kesha. <laughs> oh, I like Kesha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like funny that I was I was able to be um, exposed to the things and mm-hmm. um, be the first shoe. That's one. That's the um, Clinton Sparks. I met him. He was a you know big Boston DJ. Um, and he, I said, what's the best advice? He go, be the first shoe. Mm-hmm. You know, people will always respect your individuality and your uh, confidence with it. So that's my. Did you vote yesterday? Yes, I had to. No, funny. So I forgot yesterday was voting day, right? Okay. So I'm drinking wine for like three, four hours. Okay. And then I'm like, well, I have to go vote right now. What time was this? Like four, okay. four thirty. So I walk in. They're like, oh hey, they're like, did you register to vote? I'm like, yeah. So then like they're asking me questions. I'm like, Mr. Krabs, like trying not to laugh. Like all these old white people just talking to me. I'm like, oh my god. So then they bring me like this big piece of paper. Like okay, we're gonna do like the old times. Oh, wow. Like and I'm like, wait, I thought I could do oh. this electronic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, like I'm they sorry. made me whoa, 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 whoa. like. I'm sorry, they gave you a paper bla- a ballot. Yeah. Paper ballot. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where were? I was downtown. That's. Because, well, is that, is that am I the one? I'm, I'm no, sorry, my pe- man right. over here. I'll I'm, say, am I the one that's like kind of suspect? But no, I'm gonna tell you why. Okay, anyway, I um registered online and mm-hmm. they told me that they were having an issue. Like, oh, all yeah. he's like, they're like, all the younger people have been trying to like register to vote and it hasn't mm-hmm. been going through. And I'm like, well, I have oh, the message, yeah. I'm like, I have the message right here. They told me to come here, and they're like, okay, well, this is what we're gonna do. Like, here's a paper ballot. Like, and I was just like, I have to do this by hand right now. I'm drunk, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So I was just yeah, like, yeah. I'm gonna pick all the Democrats. So okay. I don't know who the hell I picked, but okay. hopefully they're lit. Well, hopefully he gave your ballot because I've never heard of a paper really? ballot passed like. He told me it's because I didn't register to vote. Mm, I don't know. Okay. So at least you went out and you, you put forth mm, effort. I tried. That's you know. a big deal. Because <laughs> I, I see a lot of people in our generation have lost faith in voting, and I don't care what your beliefs are or what you may believe, but like, I know a lot of people. You know, people don't realize that like our ancestors died. Yeah, I feel like we're stronger in numbers. Other than like, you don't take an L trying. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's nothing for us to lose. By not voting, like it just kind of sounds stupid to not like you know we earned that right, yeah. we fought for the right, well, and then definitely. it's just like oh say it doesn't count, but it's like what do we lose by even trying? Exactly. You say you try exactly. it, and that's how Trump got. In the yeah, exactly. Because we didn't show up like we were supposed mm-hmm. to. People gave up. So um, Trump didn't scare me this week. He said that um 
Well, actually, I saw an interview like two weeks ago that he was saying that he's trying to fight for um, immigrants to not be able to be born into like citizenship. Mm. Like, how do you feel about that? Okay. Um, the biggest thing about um, Donald Trump, which is the scariest thing, is that Donald Trump is um, he's acting the way a lot of people have been thinking for years, mm-hmm. and the fact that that um, he appealed to that um, sort of segment of society and was able to get elected off that speaks a lot to us as a people. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I believe it's deeper than any of us can even fathom because I don't care what anyone says. Like the, the Russians were involved with that. And I noticed that over social media because even in my head I was saying I've never seen so much hate for Hillary Clinton when we when she's going up against this guy who has no idea what the fuck he's right. doing. And, I, and the next thing I know, I saw like a lot of people from my community and my young demo, uh, black demographics start to be like, oh, well, Hillary's a monster. Which she most certainly probably is, you know what I mean? And, yeah, no possibility and certainties. But at the same time, it's like you need to pick your the lesser of two evils. And obviously, you want this clown to be in mm-hmm. office versus Hillary Clinton, the guy that was on a reality show, like yeah, versus someone that's been in politics for years. He's been <laughs> bankrupt. You know, he's he came from you know his father was the one who came from nothing. But it's like you know this guy is obviously in cahoots with the Russians, and it's only a matter of time before it all adds up, and I'm just very mm-hmm. curious what they have. It just kind of was crazy to me, because when I was younger and I would look in textbooks, I used to always ask my teacher, like, how did slavery happen, or how did, like, Hitler, like, do this? Yes. Like, how did people just stand by and do nothing? And then when I see our generation, and yes. it's, it's happening all over again, and everyone just has something to say, but yeah. no one's doing anything. Scapegoat. You find a demographic, you blame them, and then you progressively blame the people you don't really like, so right. minority groups, so that's... I was watching this interview. Um, Lil Wayne said that racism, he didn't know racism still existed because he's a black millionaire. And he was like, I should be an example that racism doesn't exist Mm -hmm. because white people are paying for my albums. And I'm like, well, of course, because white people love when we're entertaining them. Like when it's basketball or sports, you notice if we're like in an arena, everyone's all together, everyone's all cheering, we're all friends. But then, like, outside of that, if you're not entertaining the white man, of course. He's going to be against. I mean, you can't expect a lot from Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne went out (laughs) when he was nine. He's from Holly Grove, don't get me wrong. He's Apple Music Street. I know that. But at the same time, it's like Lil Wayne was, (laughs) he didn't, he he had a past. Like, after what, he was like nine or ten when Mm -hmm. he signed? He was like 12, yeah. 12, something like that. So you can't expect him to have the actualities or have the same experiences that we have had. You know what I mean? Especially with his, um, a lot of money he's been allowed Mm -hmm. to have versus and opportunities and things. He had got mad because the interviewer like, was like looking at him like, "You really feel that way?" He's like, "I'm not no fucking politician." I'm like, "Bro, come on." And plus, he doesn't want to hurt the money he's made because keep in mind, Lil Wayne's been getting money from both sides, not just from us, from other demographics as well. So I know he wants he doesn't want to like upset them too yeah. much. You know what I mean? What kind of scared me about our um, country security is like when all them bombs went out, like mm-hmm. um, to the bomb to Obama and yes. New York CNN yes. building. My friend had texted me. She was like, "Hey, like, be careful. Like, there's a bomb at the CNN building. Like, I know you gotta take the train." And I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, we really don't have any like safety precautions of that. Like, when it comes to bombs and stuff like that, like people just we get a tweet or we like we see it on YouTube mm-hmm. or but it's just like then what? Like everyone's on their phones, like oh there's bombs, there's bombs. Yeah. But if it really was, we would all be on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's the only way. Not that's doing the, anything. Yeah, and there'd be mass panic, and that's one thing that like um as uh, U.S. citizens that we're we're so used to being safe and not have to worry about these things on a. We don't basis. even get courted to learn how to know. You know, like in high school or middle yeah. school, like we don't really even have the drills anymore to be mm-hmm. like this is what's gonna happen. Like you just see it on your timeline, like yeah. oh five bombs went out. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I read that um, this white man, like, a couple weeks ago went to a grocery store and killed two black men yeah. and yelled, whites don't kill whites. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I'm like, 
I know it shouldn't be like that OD on security, but like at some point, I feel like they're gonna have to be like airport security because it's like if we could just go into the grocery store and bring knives and guns, it's like what's gonna stop anybody from doing it? I mean, it just it gets to a point where uh, you really have to be aware of the times, and at the same time, as much as you should be concerned with those type of things, you have to live life, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you can't let things like that like really keep you stagnant or keep you afraid because that's what terrorism right. is all about, being afraid, right. you know what I mean? And um. I've always been a fan. Oh, I've always been um, just like you just gotta live life. You gotta live life. No matter what's gonna happen, is what's mm-hmm. gonna happen, and you can do as much you can to avoid certain situations. But it's like, what else you really do but live right. life? You know. So, do you have a good relationship with your parents? Um, <laughs> great question. Um, kind of. I've been through a lot of things with my parents, whereas though, um, uh, I've learned a lot because we've had a falling out, and mm-hmm. the one thing I learned from the falling out I had with my parents is that like. Can, you're only responsible for yourself, and mm-hmm. people are always gonna have a priority over over your. And you, you know, it may sound kind of self centered, but um, I'll just it, I was, I've been in situations where I've seen you know people choose their pride over my safety and security, and I just like realized that it was a big thing that I need to take care of myself. Right. You have to be a man, you know, or woman. You have to be your own island. You have to be your own island because at the end of the day, it's kind of sad to say, but. Other people you choose to have in your li- in your life are a li- are a liability on your sense of um, centeredness and you know goods. You know? Reason why I ask you that mm-hmm. is because like I've been talking to my peers and like my friends that don't have good relationships mm-hmm. with their parents and like I haven't since last week I haven't talked to my mom before that maybe in six months mm-hmm. like she didn't reach out to me had her blocked on everything like we weren't okay. speaking and then like I was just like. If someone's so toxic to your life, I feel like we're brainwashed to be like, well, that's your parent, yeah. and you only get one, and like you have to love them no matter what. But like, my question mm. was like, as an adult, like, do should we be allowed to set them boundaries if like that parent oh, is like fucking up your mental health or your mental growth? Like, are you allowed to you know to be like, listen, like I need to like take a step back from you because you're like toxic to me, even though you're my mom. Yeah, part of being a adult is realizing that we are all adults, including your parents, and that people make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you owe it to yourself to, you know, if that relationship isn't what it is, to take a step back. My guy told me one time is you should treat everyone with a different length of spoon. Maybe mm-hmm. your spoon is shorter, we can be closer, maybe everything's farther, but you need to address things appropriately because we are all growing and doing growing things. Right. You know what I mean? And that's why it's it's very important that you are independent in whatever you do, you know what I mean? Because you don't want people to hang that over your head saying, I did so much for you, so why, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I put a big emphasis on independence. But at the same time, life is short and a lot of things happen to right. people. And you might want to think about that before you isolate yourself from those family members too much. Right. Um, brings me to talk about mental health. Um, I feel like our generation before us, like our parents and stuff, they didn't mm-hmm. really work through their childhood mm-hmm. trauma. And, like, even with this generation, like, we're so depressed and, like, people are quick to run to, like, Xanax or acid or shrooms to, like, try to numb the pain. Um, what is your opinion on, like, this generation glorifying stuff like that? Um, it's been interesting, like, seeing the older generation of, like, because it was actually, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the meme where they say, like, oh, I come from a generation of hustlers and now mm-hmm. it's, like, a generation of users. I've not fr- I'm not that old, but right. I've seen the music transition from, now to uh, I w- they used to glorify the hustler and now they're glorifying the, the drug user and it's, it's very important that like um you take a second to really listen to what you're listening to don't get me wrong right. i like trap music too a lot but as a dj and you spinning in that stuff and i'm sure other djs out there will hear me you know you get tired of hearing I'm so that happy shit. You're saying especially when you are hearing that shit every week and you're getting paid to spin it so that's why it's um 
it was just one day I was walking, I was just really listening to this stuff. I'm like, yo, like this is all about using like using drugs. It's like I'm just so fucking tired. Me of and my friend shit. Rory, <laughs> shout out to Rory, we got into like just a little debate because he was saying how like don't you think that being a DJ is giving into capitalism and like, you know, spreading like messages to make people have low frequency thoughts mm-hmm. and stuff? Because like, you know how clubs are, like it's yeah. all about perception yes. and like getting really drunk, spending yes. a lot of money, yes, doing is. drugs. And yes, it was just is. like, then you're the person that's sending these messages yes. and spinning this music yes. about like doing drugs and mm-hmm. fucking bitches and yeah. all this other shit. And I'm like, I kind of maybe not want to be in clubs anymore. Cause I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like yes. I'm, am feeding these people this mm-hmm. and i am telling them like oh yeah get lit buy all this liquor get yeah. drunk forget about your problems and it's yeah. not really like moving our like generation forward well don't get me wrong i like having fun don't get me yeah, wrong. yeah i like having they, fun i like having fun but i realized clubs are like a like a house of like perception it's like is, is well, it really fun yeah but, like we're all stupid drunk mamali yeah. for flashing lights and then when the lights come on then it's just like but think <laughs> about it like this um you're you're a DJ and a socialite as well, yeah. so you're, you're at the club frequently. The one thing a guy always told me to remember was that like anytime you go to a club, as much as you may be tired of playing the tracks and kind of stuff, you have to realize that someone in here is really having a party room for you, <laughs> and they're gonna go fucking crazy because right. they put in that work and they want to have fun. Because because people, some I mean, like we see a lot of same people in the same places every mm-hmm. week, but at the same time, it's like you have to realize that um I'm here to make sure people have a good time. I'm here to get paid. Right. And I'm here to express myself through whatever I use. And although the message may not may not be what it is, what it is, but I still it's not for me. For me, it was never about well, it was about the music, but it was more about the the act of manipulating the music. Right. That's what DJing was always about to me. It wasn't just about slamming tracks and stuff like that. It's about and for me, it was about scratching, you know, turning that into notes and just the physical act of doing it rather than whatever message people want to give out because i mean let's be honest rory like if people are paying to see you and your shows that's capitalism too no he won't he hasn't done shows he left his label years ago he um does shows across the country out of his car like he just like tours the world with him and his dog now he does like festivals like you help people with meditation yoga and stuff in atlanta but like that's kind of why he said that because he was like if i could like separate myself from like the industry and stuff like you can do it too but I also I see both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, I have a standard of living. Rory, I'm not knocking yeah. you, brother. I'm not knocking you. No, 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 no. And this is real, too, because I meditate, too. And I'm not knocking you, brother. But the one thing, I just realized that, like, I enjoy certain things of life, which may be kind of mm-hmm. shallow, but I can be honest about that. Big shout out to Rory, though, because you need to do it. Which leads me to talk about um, the rape culture and, like, the party scenes and yes. stuff. Um because I'm, I'm not always DJing, so mm-hmm. sometimes I go out, and it kind of has been creeping me out that, like, the few events I've been to, strangers offer me and my friends drugs. And I'm like, I met you like 20 minutes ago. And I've saw people like meet someone. They're like, oh, you want a Zan? Okay, I'll take a Zan. It's like, we don't know these people. Like, mm-hmm. these guys like go in clubs with the intention of like, I'm going to get the cutest girl, drunk as shit, give her some yeah. drugs, and take her home. So it kind of did make me feel uncomfortable yeah. that I was like, you know, yeah. have, playing music for like a home exactly. or stuff like that. So, like, what would be your advice to girls out there um, when it comes to clubbing? Uh, for me, the crazy thing has been like, Meeting women, especially like my age, I've had like a lot of time under the belt. I, the the thing that always amazes me is the stories they tell me that the, the men have tried to mm-hmm. um, do different things, and I can't stress enough for women to very. First of all, when you go out, if you are with your homegirl, if she's not watching back, that is not your friend. Period. She wants to go get drunk or high. That's on her business. But like you, I mean, especially as women, you are queens mm-hmm. and princesses, and you just have to watch it back because there are some slimy guys out here and. Some guys will go to no end to try to do whatever they want to do, and right. you just have to be on P's and Q's. And among 
and sometimes it helps being a part of like a specific crowd if you go to a promoter stuff all the time you know who's good for his clientele but even then it's like I'm a grown man mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll keep it hundred with you there's a very seldom I'll leave a drink out or mm-hmm. you know take a, you know what I mean because of stories I've heard of guys you know it, it, taking the wrong cup and cup was meant for someone else and i mean either way i just heard yeah i put on instagram the other day like you literally have to watch who you be yeah, with because if your friends sit around and just let you do whatever they're not your, that's not no, a healthy friendship no. like they're just gonna let you leave with random guys exactly. while they clearly see that you're drunk or like yeah. not make sure that you get home yeah. or like just let you do drugs because we're at a yeah. party i'm like they don't really give a fuck about you because like and if you get the call next day that you got raped they'd be the first ones all upset and crying yeah so yeah, I just always so. tell people, like, you have to really, like, make sure your phones are charged. If your phones are dying, leave. Yeah. Like, so you don't have to rely on a fuckboy to get you exactly. an Uber or to go exactly. home with him because your phone's dead. You don't know how the yeah. fuck you're getting home. It's just, like, so much that comes with these parties nowadays. Like, it just exactly. kind of changed over the years. Yeah. Like, I used to go to parties and be like, oh, everyone's here just to have fun. But now you kind of have to have that notion in the back of your mind, like, to protect yourself. And yeah. not everyone's here to have fun. <laughs> Exactly, especially when I see those, like, um, I mean, I guess it was a little age. Um, well, first of all, let me state, like, um, I just turned 30 a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how old are you. 24. Like, you're 24, so I'd be six years apart. I think. Yeah, but it's crazy how we're six years apart, but still I feel like we've there's a little bit of, like, a generational mm-hmm. gap. And it's funny because when, um, I guess the best thing that happened with me getting older and going out there and party is that you start to realize that there's only a certain type of promoter stuff that you would go to versus someone else because – now that I'm older, it's there's not a lot of um, people my age. I hate to say that are doing like positive things. So when you find a promoter who does these parties and there's uh, you know people doing positive things in life around, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to be around. You know what I mean, I just want you to be very cautious of right. the crowd you choose to attend, and you and to no matter what, like my father said, if you don't have money, you don't, you don't need to go out. Which is meaning like if even women too. I know women you can go work a lot of stuff, but. At the same time, it's like you need to be able to buy your own thing. Right. You shouldn't be have to depend on like someone to handle lurking hand around to try to get yeah, a drunk I mean, from a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. So. So a lot of people have misconceptions about DJs that like they like to party. Do you mm-hmm. like to party? Because personally, like I'd be over it. Like at mm-hmm. 10 p.m., I'd be like yawning and ready to go mm-hmm. to sleep. Are, since you've been DJing for so long, like ever, you ever have them nights where you're like, "Yo, I'm so tired right now. I want to go home." Um. DJing or or just being in a party, you know. I mean, just both. Like sometimes when you're not DJing, you'll be at a party, but like, you know. Like the one thing that always kept me going is that like, <clears throat> I had a diverse array of different gigs. So one day I could do a 60th, next I could be doing mm-hmm. a sweet 16. I could be doing a birthday party, black white, Puerto Puerto Rican. The diversity of music always kept me in uh, going because it was interesting. And that's why, like, um, I was never really interested in the clubs at first because I couldn't imagine being in the same place every week and playing the same music, old mm-hmm. type of music, over and over and over. It's like a simulation. Yeah, like a simulation, old, and then you know you get bored and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, people, of course, it. I mean, it's a job. It's a job. I mean, it, it, I love it, but like at the same time, sometimes I don't feel like being there. Sometimes, um, you know, I'd rather be doing something else and. Um, Especially lately, it's been different because I've been like working my way towards right. like, backing out, trying to be out by May. So, yeah. I see. Yeah. So, um, being in the scene nowadays, like you'll awesome. network with people, and they'll be like, "What do you do?" Before they even ask you your name, like, how do you feel about that? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I have zero time for nutty shit, and it's like um, I'm a real person. You guys, anyone who knows me, I keep mm-hmm. it real funky. So uh, when someone's inquiring about what I do, I sometimes I just like tell them like, "Yeah, I just uh." Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it makes people have like a preconceived moment um, notion to like prejudge you before we yeah. even start a conversation. It's like 
you can just let oh hey what's up what's your name not like oh what do you do it's like what are you trying to like gain from this conversation but that's even better for me because then I already know what I'm walking into or what type of person I'm dealing with mm-hmm. and then, well, of course I give people leeway because I always give people a chance to just show me who they are first right. so if you're leading with something like that I can like tell what you're gonna say kind of thing do you believe that social media makes it harder to be faithful nowadays now that we have all these different types of apps to be vulnerable to be able to talk to so many people from other places most definitely because now what you have is um, people are projecting images that they know they're not true of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to make yourself look like anybody you want to right. on social media. Like your very, avatar. Very, yeah, your avatar, your pictures, you can make your life seem like whatever it is. And I'll never forget how much you, um, I'm not even a big Drake fan, but he said, I know a girl that takes pictures and saves them so she can put them up to every day so everyone knows who mm-hmm. she's playing out of them. And that's honestly got truth. And right. filters. Yeah, because like when you go on your Explore page now, you could you get fed and shoved all these images of what it is like you have to look like so it's all these girls that probably don't even look yep. like that being Ooh. thrown at you all day in your explore page. Yep, and the filters too. It's it's crazy because the biggest thing I've seen over the last couple of years, being you know getting older, is you'll have these women that come out and they wear makeup to look good on on camera and not look good in person. So like I'll be looking. My grand, my aunt was a makeup artist, so uh, mm-hmm. you know, she, you know, she she told told me what foundation is and all that stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's like you go out and then you see it and it's like, yo, like your face is faked up to look good on camera. Like I'm happy you brought that up because <laughs> they were doing a, person, um, like, they were doing a social experiment about how Snapchat filters were making yeah, crazy, um, depression in females yeah. because there's one filter that makes your nose skinnier and there's like filters now that makes your lips bigger yep. and like I've noticed that like. You'll take a Snapchat picture, and before you put the filter on, you'd be like, ooh, let me put a filter on. But then it's just like, what did that say about your us as in our self-esteem and as a woman that, like, now when we have to take pictures, we have to mask what we really yep. like because now we built this perception that this is what I look like. Most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it, it's crazy, and it, it really made me we're, – we're talking about, oh, she looks good on the gram, but, you know, that's all that – to me, she's, like, two grades lower than mm-hmm. person. You know what I mean? And certain girls, and I wish women would kind of realize this. I know that some of you do, is that, like – now more than ever do men appreciate a real woman on, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like your flaws and everything is like, okay, because we know what we're going to see when we see you or if we see you. You know what I mean? And right. it's just like the Photoshop shit is out of control. That's why on my radio show, I haven't wore makeup or done my hair once because I want to like put out that message that like I'm not that caricature that you guys see on mm-hmm. Instagram. Like I'm not that avatar that y'all build me up to be. Like mm-hmm. I'm just a regular person. Yeah. Like, Every day I don't wear makeup. Yeah. During the day, during the week I dress like a boy most of the time. So it's mm-hmm. like I'd rather be my raw, authentic self yeah. than the, like you know when most girls do vlogs and stuff. They'll like have a face full of makeup yeah, on, like they'll do their shit. hair. They gotta get the right like the light, and it's just mm-hmm. like I'd rather just talk about real shit and just be myself. Yeah. So then it's like if you do meet me in person, it's like oh like yeah, you that's how she looks. You're getting to yeah, you know what I mean, and yeah, like it's just like uh, I just. Yeah, man, it's like you just really don't know. Oh, and shout out to Brooklyn, East New York. Got yeah. shout outs. <laughs> Brooklyn, that's what's up, man. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's just it's it's interesting to see this society and what it's it's like. Just I mean, sometimes it's too much, mm-hmm. and you start to realize that like nothing is no matter where you're at in your life. Like Instagram make you feel like shit. You know what I mean? It's it's never gonna be enough. Every time you turn on that phone, I guarantee you, it's never going to be enough. You're older than me, so do you feel like? You you try to keep up with the social media, or you just you know just post. Oh, no. I, even yeah. when I was younger, I just didn't give a fuck. I mean, I, I work a lot, and that's one thing that sort of like deterred me, especially from doing, um, uh, like getting into DJ more because the fact that like you have to love somewhat of the lifestyle, and I oh, I always hated taking pictures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always hated taking pictures. 
I was never really a big fan of like um, showing myself on social media like that. But it's been cool to just meet real people. Right. Cause that's one thing I, I love about it. Is just you, you sometimes you know every once in a while you meet real people and people show love, you show love back. And um, yeah, I just I'm not really a big fan of it like that. But it's cool, you know, mm-hmm. be able to talk to real people. Word. So how did you go about getting like booked at clubs? Cause it's like I talk to many DJs and they say it's really hard. Like. It's real clicked up, you know. Like you just, it's about who you know, not about how good of a DJ that you are. That, that's in that point, it's about followers. And I was very fortunate to um, meet people. And okay, I, I wanted to do clubs. I had been spinning for the entertainment company for you know six, seven years. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing I always learned is I had to go make shit happen. And I didn't. All my friends, like my friends, don't go out, so it's usually me dolo. That's one thing. Like I, w- I'd be out there dolo. I mean, you tell anybody can vouch for that. Sometimes I'd be. Dolo. And I go out and see. I met. I saw people that would just have um, parties, and somebody would be warming up, and I just asked, like, "Yo, do you mind if I spin?" Or it would be an off day, like a Thursday or something like that. And I know a lot of people aren't gonna come, so the DJ's not gonna really be that pressed to really go in. And one day, someone gave me a shot, and they're like, "Yo, like, you know, see what you got." And I remember no one was there, mm-hmm. and they just started going in. And he was like, "Yo, bro, like," I was like, "Yeah, I appreciate it. you know, I just like playing music for different people, but I hate being." squeeze into a box whereas though um you have to play certain stuff which is right. why i rather open up than be a headliner right anyone can play that because I, I like to have the freedom to play whatever i want it doesn't matter if it's nothing fuck mm-hmm. that i worry about you know what i mean and then right. i don't you have to worry about me playing any hot songs because i want to play songs i haven't heard in years that's the joy of djing for me right so i've been reading this book on buddhism and relationships mm-hmm. lately mm-hmm. um it was saying how like some women feel entitled to have sex with their husband like they're like, no, like you can't say no, like that's your husband. Like, how do you feel about you know being married to somebody? Do you feel like the woman's entitled to like always please her man when he wants to? Well, you have to be conscious of um, where these uh, notions are coming from because a lot of times it's cultural stuff. Mm-hmm. I recently was uh, dating a woman; she's from a different culture, and she told me she, you know, wanted to have a relationship where as though she could have sort of the nineteen fifty feels of her staying home with kids mm-hmm. and doing that, which I'd have a problem with it probably, but coming from where she's from that was the normal thing and you have to realize that when people say these things they might be from the culture they're from that's what they were taught right? yeah that's what they that's what they were taught or what's what they grew up around and no matter what you always have a choice as long as you discuss these things prior to getting into them right but at any time at any point in time if a woman says no no means no there's no if and or but or excuse right. for that shit at all i've been talking to girls and they said that like they've woken up to their boyfriend like trying to have sex with them and i'm like do you guys think that's normal? And they're like, yeah, like, they do it all the time. And I'm like, you know, like, even if that's still your boyfriend, like, if you're asleep, you you didn't consent to that. You're asleep. And, like, I understand that you woke up. You're like, oh, well, this is my boyfriend. Like, whatever, I'll let it happen. But, like, you didn't go into it. Like, I want to have sex with you. So, like, people have to realize that, like, you could still be raped by your spouse. Like, it could still be a communication guard where, like, you didn't speak up because you were scared because you were scared. But, oh, that's my boyfriend. He's going to be mad at me. You're never obligated to open up your legs. and But at the same time, at... A woman should be very cautious of, not to say that, like, yo, a man's entitled to take those type of moves, but mm-hmm. if, a, if a guy is doing a lot for you, you need to be very conscious of what those actions might bring to his expectations, and you should be very clear on what right. is to be expected of him. It was saying they did a study that, like, when women were turning down their husbands for sex, that it kind of hurt the husband's egos, and, like, because men want to be feel and want, they want to feel wanted, too, so, like, you're always getting, like, turned down by your wife you're like what the fuck is wrong with me i mean that, that's on him and, and that's, <laughs> that speaks to the type of man he is yeah the real man it shouldn't even be that because you have mm-hmm. self-discipline is very very right. crucial man you got to be disciplined in your spirituality and your mindset mm-hmm. you know what i mean if, if it doesn't go down one night i mean it doesn't go down that right. night i mean you have to be um 
empathy too, man. Like, I mean, it's hard because you know, as a man, our sexual drive is very strong. Mm-hmm. Women can go years without sex. Right. I mean, I don't mean to make generalizations, but I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna speak. You know, in my mind, this is how. This is what the, my experience is. Okay. I've seen, but I've seen a woman is is more uh, able to go on lengths of time without sex versus a man. Right. A man every day when we wake up, the first think thing about yeah. Know, sh- as long as we're ready to go, you know what I mean. And um, with that comes a responsibility to have that control over your body and mind. Because although it's a big thing, it will teach you discipline. And if right. you're able to conquer that, I guarantee you conquer anything. Guarantee Speaking it. of sex, um, my weed man casually DM'd me the other day for a threesome. And that shit took me so off guard. Because I'm like, did you just casually DM me? Like, yo, you trying to have a threesome? And I'm like... Did he really think, like, how was I supposed to respond to that? I'm like, yo, that's just, this is so disrespectful. And he just looked at it, and I'm just like, why do guys think that, like, because a woman's bisexual, that it just opens the door for, like, I'm just I'm just up for all the threesomes. Like, <laughs> My, honestly, um, was he polite about it or was he rude about it? He just said, yo, you trying to have a threesome. Okay, so it's kind of, kind of, yeah, that's so kind like, of. It was like a casual, like, like it was casual to him. Just, and I'm like, did it come out of nowhere? Or yes, we weren't talking at all. Okay, then that's, yeah, that's a little crazy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, uh, my thing is this, it's like, um, I mean, you can, oh, my, I was always told that you can say, or you can express yourself as uh, any way you want to, mm-hmm. as long as you say it in, in a way that's not disrespecting another person, you know what I mean, and although he was kind of crazy, like, you know, out of nowhere with that, like, I mean, at least he was being honest with his intentions, you know what I mean, and I, I mean, it, did he get angry when you said no? He didn't like say that? anything, okay, but I was just like, I feel like in this generation, if you tell someone like yo I'm bi, they just be like oh so you like you, you like fucking girls too let's fuck girls together and that's like guys will say it jokingly every time I say I'm bi and I'm like we're not fucking girls together like that's you can't just say that because I'm bi yeah like, I mean you can't say it jokingly but at the yeah. same time I'm I, one thing I, I don't get mad at someone shooting a shot as long as they come <laughs> correct as long as they come correct right if there's a way to say anything and you, they don't get mad at you you're not down you're not down with it right keep it real you know what I mean why do you think um Philadelphia- oh, by the way it's about how he acts after the fact doesn't matter. What do you mean afterwards? No, after this. After him. Uh, it's about how he acts after this. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> why do you think Philadelphia shows love to artists when it's too late? Like, when they already blow up. What? I'm born and raised here. You already know it's hard up here in Philly, man. It's hard here. And the one thing is, um, Philly, I hate to say it, I love it as much as I hate it because growing up here, I know I can survive anywhere. Anywhere I know I can survive anywhere. But at the same time, it's like, you know we come from a crab city because... Mm-hmm. Pe- people don't like to see you, you know, when you really make it, that's when you're supposed to move out. Like, people tell me from the rip, like, if you ever get a shot to go somewhere else mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't, there's never any shame in leaving because you know, you owe no one nothing but right. your family and your people, you know what I mean? And it's just very important that people realize that you don't owe anyone anything but to, but to succeed and to mm-hmm. help those, you know, who really helped you when you were there. And it's just crazy because Philly's... We're one thing was we're a crazy sports city. So mm-hmm. when someone wins, it's like we're behind them, right. and at the same time we'll be behind someone. But at the same time we'll be like, well, you know, back in the day, da 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 da. You know I mean, but I mean that's the Philly mentality, and that's what makes us strong versus other places, especially right. DJing wise, because you know we're from a historically like known where DJs are known mm-hmm. to be nice. And I didn't realize that until I went to the the Red Bull Freestyle, mm-hmm. and I met people from out of state that would tell me that like you know Philly's DJs are revered because. One thing, we're not really a party city. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of places here, right? To be honest with you, especially in, I've, in, I've learned that, especially in our in our demographic. Like, I didn't realize that till I went to New York for the first time and realized there could be seven bars in one block. That blew our my venues mind. here are real scarce, and yeah. like it comes to the point where now it's getting to like racist because it's like now oh, the it's whole gentrification. Oh, oh, but then the gentrification now they really yeah. want to like oh, yeah. 
they don't want the urban scene. They yeah. don't really want mm. the mm. the art kids. So like, if I come to mm. them, like I'm trying to DJ, they'll go on my Instagram. Like, no, <laughs> we don't want this at our city. Because it's and that's the, it's crazy because Philly's always been like that, and it's been interesting because I've been able to witness that for different cultures, like. When I started, um, I used to do the buy, buy Sunday shop with Jay Latay, and mm-hmm. it, being introduced to sort of the gay crowd, and me being a heterosexual man DJing for, um, the, you know, the, the gay uh, mm-hmm. community. The community, it's just been um, very interesting to realize that they experienced somewhat even more racism right. than we did, and it, hearing background stories of certain stuff, it made me realize like how you know, it's always going to be like that, and when you reach a point where that's like really a uh, that's something that's keeping you back is when you know you need to move forward or start create your own right. of scene. You know what I mean? Because that no matter what racism is going to be anyway. I've learned that I just started throwing my own events when I realized I yeah. wasn't getting responses yeah. back or like yeah. they weren't really fucking with the crowd that I'd probably bring. I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? You're going to have to just show them that like you don't need to do that. No. And they need familiar faces and sometimes it, w- it wouldn't even matter because I had experiences without where I did a, um, a like top level club here and we brought in a different demographic that was usually there. Party was rocking, and everyone had a great time. We talked about mad comics, and I asked, I asked the guy who was running the place, I said, how was everything tonight? He was like, it was good. I just wish it was more top 40. Keep in mind, top 40 doesn't mean what it used to mean. Right. So it's like, all right, let's go to the Billboard and see how many songs are on there mm-hmm. and how many songs, are, what's what's top 40 yeah. anymore. So top 40 used to be like coding for more Caucasian music, mm-hmm. but now it's all mixed up. So yeah. it's, you really don't have an excuse for getting there anymore. You right. Know what I mean? So it's just nice. So, like, have you ever thrown your own events? Yes, but my thing is, um, anything I do, I want to go all in with. And mm-hmm. I've always been like that, which is why I've been fortunate enough to meet um, other promoters that were doing their own thing, and I'm able to bounce ideas off to them. Because even if I'm, I'm the type of person that even if it doesn't work out in my favor, um, I still like to give um, opportunities to other people just to see, you know, if what they do with it. And just to say, just some, for me, it wasn't about getting the credit, it was just being a part of something I know that people enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me into DJing first. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, I've, it sucks because I'm a girl. Because I've reached out to a lot of promoters and they just always don't take me serious. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll just always say something mad disrespectful, mad sexist. Like, um, one of the top clubs, like Noto, like one of the promoters was like, oh, you thought I was hitting you up to DJ? I was just hitting you up because you're cute. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah, he just was like, be happy I'm even like reaching out to you. And I'm like, oh, like, how the fuck am I supposed to go about this now? And I'm hitting up all these promoters, and y'all just want to fuck. Like, like, you got to just keep going. Keep, <laughs> go, keep going and keep it funky. And the one thing I always show is that you have to show people that you are serious about what you right. do. Even if that's about, like, and I realize, sort of, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have done more videos in this space. Right. Because people see, like, You got to uh, stay consistent. Yeah. Not, not even stay consistent, but when people see you actively doing mm-hmm. what you're doing, and you're doing stuff that you know a lot of people can't do. There, that's yeah, that's a good to, point. You have to be undeniable, and that's one thing that kept me sharp and got me to the level I am now because I wanted to be undeniable. Mm-hmm. Like, but he had, he has something like he's not a normal. You know what I mean? Right. That's one thing you can give each one. That's good advice. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of Reptile Radio. Thank you guys for listening. You can find all the episodes on my Instagram. That's Tatiana Mia. Yeah. T-A-T-I-M-I-A-A-A and iTunes. Go to your Apple Podcast and type in Wrapped Out Radio and SoundCloud. Anything yes. you want to say? Put your um, Instagram. Yeah, I'm DJ Who, DJ at DJ H-O-O-V-E. Um, I have SoundCloud. Um, if anyone's in the house music, <laughs> I have house mixes on SoundCloud. If you're a house promoter, I'm trying to get into more house music. I would love just to shot. I just need a shot. 
Tati too. She's doing her thing. She wants shots. You have to give people like us shots because we're tired of the same people doing the same stuff. It's right. the same people. <laughs> and they're getting older. You have to. Uh, life's about passing on the lineages. I mean, teaching Moses. Because when you, you die, you have nothing to give back. You're going to regret it. So, Thank you, guys. It's DJ Tati Mia. What the f you talking about?